Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sean Payton was talking to the media yesterday, and it's been really interesting to see how this thing has played out. Obviously, I think Russell Wilson's excited that Sean Payton's there. Sean Payton kind of has that Bill Parcells uh, reputation, though, for being no-nonsense. So after the first year of Russell Wilson exclusively led to nonsense in Denver, Payton was asked yesterday by the media whether uh, some of the allowances, like, for instance, whether Sean Payton would uh, would allow Russell Wilson to have his personal coaches in the building, and he went full Sean Payton. Coach, uh, uh, Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach, Jake Heaps, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. Uh, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That That's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. Yeah, listen, I- listening back to that the second time, maybe the third time, I don't think it was like him laying down the law. I mm-hmm. think he was just kind of confused by it because he's never been on a staff that has personal coaches around. So you, what, now do you think he's confused by it because that's the first time he's ever heard it or he's just never been around an organization that's had that? I think of- he's never been around. I think both, actually. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about it is it. I think it's kind of a tone setter. And I think Sean's a really smart guy. And I think it's a tone setter to, to Russell saying all the things that made you choose Denver, like all the play, you know, having a say in the playbook, deciding what they're going to run, having your personal coaches in the building. That's over now. It doesn't mean everything's over now, but I think it was a very, I think it was a very intelligent way of Sean Payton just kind of reestablishing who's maybe. Establish dominance. Yeah, I think so. Like, wouldn't it be funny if he he actually came out with like a subway commercial where he was like spicy? He just he just every did everything Russ had the done. The sandwich is spicy, but just no sold it. Uh, I love it. I think it does. I don't know Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are going to work out, and I don't know it's going to work out from a from a football side, and but more importantly, a personality side. I think the, a lot of the stuff you heard about guys who were who did not it's not didn't like Russ but were frustrated with Russ's treatment in Seattle is that Russ got coddled. Is that Russ wasn't held to the same standard, was allowed to be a little bit of a, a goober and that other guys couldn't get away with the same thing. And for a long time I thought it was crocodile tears until this year. Like guys, like Richard Sherman, still being mad about I, it five I, years later is a little chachi. A but lot, like, of, lot of the prominent players on that Super Bowl team have come out against him. Yeah, and it's always like I never really thought Russell was was that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And then just everything kind of boiled over this year between him talking about the you know doing 
high knees on the airplane to, to London. Uh-huh. You know, to everything we saw. Well, and to Broncos. Country. Let's ride. And listen, I don't know Nathaniel Hackett was ever going to be a good head coach. I think this year probably tells you he, he never was. But, like, it's apparent that Denver hired Hackett because of his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers signed a contract extension, and then Denver fell back on trading for Russell Wilson. So maybe that just wasn't a good marriage. I don't know. This one's much better. And like, and I've seen people say, well, Russell's getting paid more. He's got more guaranteed money coming, so he has more power. Yeah, that might work with some people. With the way that you can, with one swipe of the check, yeah. you can you wipe away contracts now. Would it surprise, everything that Jason Lock and Forrest said, like from the football side of things, about Deshaun Watson, not the, you know, armchair psychologist stuff. But Jason had said, I think in 18 months, the Browns are going to be paying Deshaun Watson to go away. I think there's a really good chance one year from now. I has a really, really good chance the Broncos are paying Russ to go away or, and it's going to sound insane to say, bringing in some level of competition for him because I just have a feeling, I have a feeling this isn't going to go well. And, and this, and this, and I didn't feel great about it beforehand, and I think if anyone can make it work, it's Sean Payton because I don't think he gets credit for how like smart he actually is. This just feels like the first salvo, and I think Russ is too sensitive to deal with Sean Payton. Uh, how do I don't know? I mean, I felt like Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll's kind of a chill dude. It seems like, but he's also kind of a hard ass. I think. Mm -hmm. I just don't know Sean Payton well enough. Man, he really like so I I obviously saw a little bit of him in the NFC South for a couple years. I think Sean really likes to instigate. Like I actually think, you know, everybody talks about Parcel and or Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. Well, they're same guy. No, 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 no. Belichick's leadership style is not the same as Parcells. I think I think Sean Payton's the closest thing we've seen to Bill Parcells since Bill Parcells hung it up. I think he likes to play a uh, psychologist. I think he likes to communicate through the media. And unlike Pete, because I think Pete's done it too, Pete does it in kind of a friendly way. Mm -hmm. I think Sean Payton's not afraid to be a D. And a year ago, I thought the Denver Broncos, when they traded for him, I thought the Denver Broncos were going to go to the Super Bowl. I thought that team was just missing a really good quarterback. Right. And in fairness, a really good head coach. They whiffed on at least one half of that equation. A year later, they hired Sean Payton. I'd be shocked if if the Broncos, because it's not just about that situation. Like, it's also that division. I don't know what's going on in, in Vegas. I don't. But when you start with getting out of your division is beating Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes, like, all right, you're probably not winning the division. And even then, that's four games out of a 17-game schedule. I don't know if I can even pick you to beat with Russ. Because you lose the quarterback battle. The, the, now now maybe you win the head coach I just battle. think we're overreacting to one bad year with a really bad coach. And a guy trying to pick up and leave after a decade in a city and come to a new city with a team he doesn't know and players he doesn't know. I think it was a really difficult spot for him. And if he has another bad year next year, then I'll be like, okay, this is maybe just the, the downturn of his career. But I'm not going to just look at one year for an all-time Hall of Fame great quarterback and say, this guy's done. Yeah, I, I don't think it's just one bad year, though. 
like two years ago, the year, you know, the year, his final year in Seattle, he wasn't the same guy as he was three years ago. Like there was a huge statistical drop off. And even though he didn't turn the ball over a lot, his touchdowns were almost halved Mm -hmm. and he wasn't running the ball the same way he was earlier in his career. And like, if you take away all that role, and I don't know Peyton will, right? Because I think one thing that we aren't giving Peyton credit for is his ability to adapt. Right. Like, he made it work with, with Drew Brees, who had his limitations. I would imagine you can work with another quarterback that's a little older, a little undersized, and has their limitation. But, like, if he if he doesn't do that role, if he's just not as quick as he was four years ago, three years ago, can Russ ever be a franchise quarterback? I, I don't know. I mean, listen, he had that hamstring injury for the for the early portion portion of the season that really kind of hampered him because one of his best attributes is his running ability, his mm-hmm. escape ability to get outside the pocket, and he didn't have that this year. Can you imagine if Kevin Stefanski had a different situation because you know Russ came here first, and then and then a year later with Sean Payton? Can you imagine Kevin Stefanski ever saying anything like this? in the media about a Browns player. No. Like the harshest Kevin Stefanski got. Yeah, but I don't even know that he was trying to be harsh. Um, No, I think that's fair. I don't think Sean I think Payton he was, was caught like, off guard by the question, and he just kind of gave it a flat-out, you know, straight-up answer. Like, yeah, we don't really have individual coaches in our building. No, that's fair. But can you imagine Kevin Stefanski ever answering a question like that? I don't think Kevin Stefanski answers any questions. Do you think Kevin Stefanski fits Cleveland? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the the organization. I'm talking about his personality. Like Nick Sirianni right now perfectly fits Philadelphia. That shouldn't be a make or break. But like, do I think it helps Nick Sirianni when they're winning? Yes. I, I think in the same way that coaches get hired because more often than not, they remind these billionaires of themselves. I think the same thing can be said about I think we're guilty of the same thing, right? I think football fans just want to see a part of themselves in their head coach. And I think being an Ivy League educated guy here, I don't know it works. Yourself or uh, Stefanski? Well, uh, listen, I, does it hold me back? Yes, but I will overcome. But like when I see Peyton, like Sean Peyton's kind of a brash East Coast guy. I don't know that's going to fly in Denver. Right. I, I shouldn't say. It's not that it won't fly. Everything flies if you're winning. But do I think it will get him more criticism if they don't come out of the gate firing? Yeah. And I do think sometimes. But here's the thing. They're going to blame Russell over Sean Payton. Because Russell just had a really bad year. That's interesting. I just think with with Stefanski. And I think think you heard it in that end-of-season press conference. I do think... In the eyes of, I think in the eyes of their popularity, I th- I think it's hurt when they're not as good because they're Ivy Leaguers. Yeah, because we do have, and I, I mean this in a, a gentle way, it's a blue collar area. We do have a little bit of that. You think you're better than me when somebody's got all those other intangibles. That's not intangibles. They're tang. You can you can tang those. They're they're tangibles. You can tang those bulls. Because he went to the Ivy League. I don't know. I mean, what do you think fans feel about that? I would imagine that... I would imagine people would like a head coach 
they like wa- Freddie. They, they wanted Freddie to be the, the the coach or Greg Williams, right? One of those two guys, but actually be good at coaching. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. I just I kind of stumbled across this. Do you think it hurts Kevin Stefanski that he maybe isn't as identifiable with your average Clevelander out there? Did you see the? Um, it was on social media the other day. Somebody had like updated Super Bowl fifty seven like on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and they put like all the stats in, and they put like everything. They basically wrote a script for the Super Bowl, uh-huh. and it was the Eagles coming from behind, winning on a last-second field goal, 37-34. Is that why earlier when we talked about the game, you're like, I think the Eagles are going to come from behind? It might have been, been in the back of my head. You and I, I told Nick this morning. I'm like, here's what I think, bro. Yeah, because well, so, we're talking about about betting Sunday. Yeah, and, well, and, and we're gonna be together on Sunday. And it all started because Spano had texted me last night, like, "Hey, starting to think about the Super Bowl. What you got for me?" And I'm like, "We got to put our heads together." I'm like, "This is," I, 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 but I I said earlier today because you had said Eagles in the first half. Yeah, and, and I had said, you know what? I kind of like the idea. Or no, no, no. You had said Chiefs in the first half, right? I said. Yeah, Chiefs first half, Eagles come back. And my thought was, I think this is similar to um, Mahomes' first Super Bowl, where I think in the first half you are going to see this the the Eagles front four get after him, and that slowed him. And in the second half, he just played well enough to win. Yeah, I think this. I think it's going to be an incredible Super Bowl. I think it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a four quarter game. And so I think when great defenses cancel each other out, I think the the equalizer is. Who's got the better head coach and who's got the better quarterback? I think. I mean, I'd go with I'd go with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes all day. But because of that, I I think I got to take Eagles in the first half. Okay, do it. So, by the way, uh, I did not RSVP for you uh to the party. It's not a big deal Uh because Barb at the office listens to the show twenty four seven. Shout out Barb. Hi Barb. Uh, and she's like, oh, Nick's coming to the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. party. Like, yeah, he is. Do I have to RSVP for my kids? You're good. Okay, we're good. You're you're good. All right, good. You'd have been good either way. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. And also, by the way, where's my where's my uh my partner credit here for coming to the Super Bowl party? Because uh, you bash me whenever I do something uh, that uh, I okay. Well, I just I want I just want to get those I, residuals. Okay, excuse me, I invited you to all you can eat and all you can drink. I'll take it. Yeah, that's a good trade off. You win. <laughs> It'll be fun. We got Frank Isola coming up at five twenty. Uh, did you see the big news out of college football? I did because uh, you showed it to me. Uh huh. And then uh, this I should have played along. I'm sorry. That's okay. I did not see the news, Nick. I'm sorry. What is it? Why? Thank you. I will now tell you. Reading off that script again. Uh, Northwestern's going to play Iowa in Wrigley Field on November fourth, and I love it. It's. I don't think Wrigley's a good football stadium, but for a program like Northwestern which people really don't pay attention to unless you're going to win 11 or 12 games. Unless you're uh, Mike Greenberg. I think Northwestern going. Or Darnell Autry. Or, or um, half of the media, because it seems like everybody is either from there or Syracuse. Or Syracuse, yeah. Um, or a little bit of Ohio University. You, you never know oh, where you're going to find those scripts. But I think Northwestern's done a really brilliant thing doing these neutral site games. Even though I didn't like personally love it, uh, the Ireland stuff was awesome last year. I, it's the only game of the year Northwestern won. They won no games in America. See, so they should more games in Europe is what I more think. More games saying. at neutral sites. I think. I think more smaller, not smaller, less prestigious Power Five football programs and even Mac schools. I think they should do this. 
I, I think this is I think this is smart. I think it it, it sets you apart from Ohio State, who probably's never going to play in Ireland. Let me ask you a question: What mm-hmm. what if Kent State and Akron every year played at Tom Benson Field? That's a little tough. One, I would love it because it's in Canton. Actually, right. that makes sense. I, I thought you were oh, going to say in th- Ireland. Thank you. No, Tom Benson Field in Canton. Yeah, I think I think that would be perfect. It's a great venue. Yep, and it's kind of it's not really in between. It's just kind of out there, but like. A lot of the alums are in this area. I think you you draw like have it be a neutral site every year. Like if you're a instead of having it at Dick Stadium or Infocision with twenty five hundred people, mm-hmm. like do it at a great stadium where, not that Akron or Kent Stadium's not great, mm-hmm. it's just not Tom Benson. Yeah, um, no, I like it, and not just that, but I think secondary rivalries, which you know, like Bowling Green Toledo, um, Northwestern in Illinois, is that the rivalry? The Illabuck? No, that's a different I, That's one. Ohio State, um, <laughs> which I don't even know if that trophy still exists, but it was when I played. Mm-hmm. It probably still does somewhere. But uh, no, I mean, like Iowa, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and um, Minnesota. Yeah. The Paul Bunyan's Axe, which I called last year. I, I, I think more secondary rivalries, right? Give me that on a neutral site. Now, Keith hates this. Keith, explain your hate. It's just not appealing to me. Like, why do I want to watch a football game being played on a baseball stadium? One, it's I'm sure it's a great experience for people that are going to the game. Like, mm-hmm. that's cool that you get to watch yeah, it. Yeah, you're downtown Chicago. Like, you you're normally, right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that you wouldn't normally go to. But, like, as a fan watching these games on TV, one, it's not going to make me watch a game anymore just because it's in a baseball stadium for the mm-hmm. most part. And two... I think it makes it worse to watch that it's in a football that it's a, a football is being played in a baseball stadium because just the the optics of it it's, it just doesn't look right. I think I think more schools and not more schools. I think sports are really tapping into the experiential thing, and I think if you asked your average Northwestern grad, "Hey, do you want to come out to the Northwestern Stadium and do you want to watch Northwestern versus Iowa?" I think there are the diehards like yourself as a Michigan uh, fan. That would make that track. I think if you said to your average Northwestern fan, hey, would you like to see Northwestern and Iowa at Wrigley? I think that might have appeal. And and not just that, I do think those different like you just need to catch as many eyeballs as you can. And I so I don't think it's for you and me though. You and I are gonna watch if if, if we're Northwestern or Iowa fans, we're going to watch that game regardless. This is about trying to get casual eyeballs on you and maybe bring in a couple extra fans that you're trying to hook to to get more appeal to your program. Right, and this is probably part of the reason Northwestern's building a new stadium, but in that aspect, this is what I'd think. If, if it takes that for you to draw fans in, then you've probably got a pro- bigger problem that you got to watch and say, what do we need to change to get people to come to our game? Yeah, but I think that's every school that is in Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. I mean, get better. Well, that that's okay, but how do you get better? More money. How Hire do you get more money? And get better players. How do you, how get you get more get better, money? You get more. You get more money by more fans showing up, and not just that, more fans supporting your program. I don't think one random game being played at Wrigley is going to create more no. Fans. But if you do one every year, if you give fans an experiential thing, one year in Ireland, then I think one it year gets in Wrigley. Old, I don't know how many Northwestern fans still, are traveling to Ireland for that game. There actually was a decent contingent. Yeah, okay, what's decent? 15,000 total fans? Yeah, that's probably more than showing up to watch Northwestern. Well, was it Northwestern Notre Dame? Maybe that's a little different. No, it was Northwestern Nebraska. Nebraska. You would draw that, though, if you played it back here, you would draw No, you're not drawing 15 to two bad teams in America. Well, Nebraska is sold out for, like, 
10 years straight. Well, yeah, but wasn't it a Northwestern home game? Wasn't, weren't they the I team? I think it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. 216-578-0092. I think it's cool and experiential, and I think colleges specifically. Great, but don't do it for, for the big dogs. I Okay, yeah, no, absolutely. Yes, Ohio State which, doesn't need to leave Columbus. Which also, by the way, one of the biggest rivalries in college football is played at a neutral site. It's called the biggest cocktail party. Mm. It's, it's played in Jacksonville. They're actually not allowed to call it that anymore. Oh, I call it that. That's fine. The world's largest cocktail party? All the way back to uh, Walter Camp. Why, why can't we call it that, Keith? Just the, the cocktail thing. They don't want to PC culture. That, they, don't, they don't want to admit that people are are drinking before the game and tailgating and making oh, a cocktail me. party. Um, what has made college football great? It's called the for bong in a blitz bowl for a yeah. hundred years. <laughs> it's called a tailgate. The toke em up tailgate. That's what it's called. We're gonna stop calling tailgates on trucks tailgates. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.